Hello and welcome to the Magic Beans Podcast. This is episode 71. My name is Cracker and I'm going to be your host for this cast. And I am joined by a singular bean today, Chewy. How are you doing, buddy? I'm good, mate. How are you? Very well, very well. We are Thursday before Easter and our illustrious host, Shorty, decided to go to his caravan lacking some of the proper equipment to record from there as he had planned so microphone cables are an important piece of equipment definitely it, it does it does help if you can plug things into things we have discovered but that's all right we are more than capable of having a chat about sweet magic cards and fun things that have been happening absolutely but before we get into that let's have a chat about our wonderful sponsor of the cast would you mind letting the good people know who they are yeah absolutely this my favorite part of uh the cast every week. I hope that the host throws to me so I get a chance to talk about Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar. They are the official sponsor of the Magic Beans podcast and they are a Facebook auction group uh, where you can uh, bid on multiple lots, I think. Like over 100 cards every night go up for auction seven days a week, primo auctions on the weekend. They have a full-time auctioneer, so things are sent out so quickly and packaged really really well and they do all sorts of like giveaways on their page and such as well so it's just all value to uh to give josh and pat's mtg bazaar a like on facebook and when you do win an auction please tell them that the beans sent you yeah um pat's actually running a promo at the moment where you can win a box of strixhaven if you win some auctions during the month or if you refer some friends to follow the page so well worth the um like i mean you win cards at like sick value anyway, and then you go into the running to win a box. <laughs> I mean, yeah. okay. So <laughs> it's so deal. good. And, yeah. and uh, we'll talk about our leagues a little bit later in this uh, episode. And the bulk of the prize support comes from Josh and Pat's as well. So you get just value on absolutely every front. You get uh, great deals on physical magic cards. You get... Uh, in the draw for sweet deals and you get free leagues with sweet prizes through the beans. So yeah, get around Josh and Pat's. So mm -hmm. uh, yeah, they do a great job. All right. So as Shorty would always say, we've got heaps to get through this week because just there's been a bunch of stuff that's happened. So on the last cast, which was just Shorty and myself, we spent pretty much the whole time talking about the decks that we were expecting to see in the upcoming Kaldheim Championship. I did listen to that episode uh, sitting on my balcony uh, watching the surf roll in up on the Gold Coast. So uh -huh. I, I enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah, it was, it was really good. Uh, I'm, I'm glad you had a good time. Mm. Yeah, uh, good. I'm I, glad you made it back okay. Yeah, yeah. We escaped We escaped the clutches. Uh, we were really excited to get up there and, you know, get away from, you know, COVID and wearing masks and ended up having to. So we've now come back to Victoria and, yeah. Anyway. We, we don't have to wear masks. So it's <laughs> no, great. Yeah, it's really good. But... Um, um, yeah, so there was the the Kaldheim Championship, which is basically the the new premier events, right? They're all arena run and smallish fields, couple of hundred players, and in both formats. So they they were both um, historic and standard. And we saw we saw a lot of decks, but nothing stood out as particularly new or exciting. I mean, was there anything that you saw that grabbed your attention in either of those formats? Um, there was some. There was no decks that really surprised me uh in that you know like sorry there's no like huge innovation there was just you know things that we expected to see um in historic the also of auras is probably the most surprising thing um 
you know you just think of that as kind of a best of one deck and it's a bit cute and it's maybe the budget option or whatever uh but yeah put up a really good performance so they've obviously taken that you know good you know but this deck wins a lot in best of one what can we do with the sideboard and yeah they uh managed to you know solve the puzzle uh and you know perhaps was just a really good call for that weekend's metagame but yeah that's kind of the only really surprise everything else is just kind of the the expected uh quantity if you like and boris cycling um uh, getting a few uh you know extra cards out of recent sets as well is also yeah cropped up it's been you know Let's just say it's cycled in and out of popularity in standard. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, now, now it's showing up in um, in the uh, older formats. And I've, I've heard people are even brewing in modern with, with this because you get like street, street Wraith, right? So Yeah, let's go, let's go. Yeah, so it's a, uh, yeah, really, really interesting to see those sort of decks sort of pop up and they're kind of the one trick pony decks so Ozavoras and Boris Cycling so probably one of those decks that is either going to be the right choice or the wrong choice it's never going to just be an okay choice it's it's going to be you have to kind of pick your weekend a little bit with that one yeah it was interesting we spent a bit of time chatting about both those decks um I mean you know like Thoughtseize plus Duress plus a threat with protection is is just like always been a good combination which I think is just kind of what the, the Auras deck um was able to do and then just present really quick clocks, right? Like it can just race super quickly. So that actually had one of the, the stronger win percentages, uh, like nice. just over 60%. Which is insane, actually. That's which is which really, is really, really good. And and considering like how well uh, represented it was, it was like the second most popular deck. So it, it definitely performed really, really well. What does surprise me a little bit is Jun Food. I thought that that would do better than it did. It had uh, 48.8% win percentage against everything. So, but it was like 26% of the field. So it was, look, it did okay, but, it, you know, it's often touted as being the best deck in, in Historic by, by a bunch of people. I think um, it probably just because it was touted as the best deck, uh, had a massive big target painted on it and people came prepared. And the fact that it still put up 48 or nearly 49% shows that the deck's, you know, pretty powerful, but you know, people would have cards against it. They'd have a plan. That's well, everyone's got cage, right? Everyone's just playing that in the main deck, which, you know, shuts off a whole bunch of their game plan. So, yeah, interesting to see. Um, and then in standard, I don't think there's any great surprises there. The Adventures decks did really well because the Adventures decks always do really well. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Again, look, we're kind of right at the end of this format. We're, we're about to have the new set come in and we're going to, you know, have a big chat about Strixhaven in a minute. But um, I, again, I don't think there's any real surprises here. Yeah, like Gruel Adventures and um, Teamer Adventures, you know, Adventures are very powerful sets of cards in, you know, Bone Crusher Giant, Edgel Innkeeper and Friends. So it's a, they're really good. It's a really good deck. It's a really good package. Uh, but I, we've, we're all kind of sick of it, right? We're yeah, we, yeah, we really yeah. are. Yeah. yeah, can't wait Look, for that to go. Eldraine can just rotate, I think, is, yeah. is kind of the, and, you know, everyone's feeling. And the Saltai, Saltai Ultimatum deck, I think, was the highest represented in standard. Uh, Correct. Yeah, and just just 50%. So, uh, honestly, like, if a deck like that is, you know, where it's, like, ramp, removal, disruption, like, I win button, 
if that deck in standard has a 50% win rate, I, I really like that. I put that as a uh, a nice place for standard to be, I think. Yeah, so. it's, it's it seems quite balanced at the moment, which yeah. is which is pretty cool. So yeah. we should maybe just have a quick chat. Uh, a guy called Arnie Hauschenbeth uh, from Germany took down the tournament and beat out a bunch of really good players in the, um, in the top eight. He beat Gregor Kowalski in the finals with some like thousand IQ plays, man. Like you, you'd watch the last couple of turns or even just the last sequence of turn where he counted an ox and held priority by cast. He did a bunch of really clever stuff that like 99.9% of people would never have thought of, which won him the game. So yeah, I saw well that. Done. I saw that uh, Twitch clip. And it was like, yeah. yeah, that's that's not. I didn't see that. Like, well played. That's why you're there, and I'm not. <laughs> yeah, he he was playing Demir Rogues, is worth pointing out, and in standard, and he was playing Orzov Auras in in historic. So, congratulations, yeah, um, well, well done, well done. And uh, it's it's cool to see some you know some new faces along with some other people who are you know more more common names. I mean, Gregor's has been kind of tearing things up for the last few years. A bunch of seconds, poor dude, seems to just kind of. Get done right at the last last post there. Uh, honestly, uh, if if somebody said to me that I was going to come second at a Mythic Championship, I, I'd take it. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, absolutely every, every time. But there were some familiar faces as well. Um, Shahar Shanhar, um, mm-hmm. like two time world champion, and then has been kind of decidedly in the middle of MPL standings and and such. So uh, yeah, nice to see him put up a top eight. Uh, speaking of world champions, we had. Uh, or what's his name with the one metal one one hasty guy? Oh my goodness, what's his name? <laughs> yes, I don't know. Um, <laughs> fervent champion, yeah, it's, yeah, fervent um, champion guy, the, the Spanish dude. Uh, wow, we're good at this. Yeah, professional magic hosts here. We, we professional. really are. I was I was stuck on thinking of Huey for some reason, but it's it's not Huey. It's um yeah the other guy. Anyway, Shorty can edit it in later. <laughs> yeah, he's not he's not gonna do that. Anyway, uh, Javier uh, Dominguez. Yeah, yes, that's the yeah. one. Yeah, <laughs> so, Google exactly. search. Yeah, uh, but the, like the the top eight was stacked though, right? Like, so there's Javier, there's Shahar, there's Shota Yasaoka, uh, massive name. Andrew Cunio, like old school player, also MPL. Uh, Gregor Skowalski, as you, you said as well. Uh, and then uh, for so for Arnie to take down, you know, a top eight as stacked as that. That's like full credit to them. Like absolutely deserves the accolades there because that's uh that that's is, a murderer's row that oh, is i tell you what yeah uh you know uh classic underdog story well done arnie well played and uh you know doing it with rogues as well which is the uh you know deck that's kind of just always been there in this standard so well done yeah it's i think it's one of those decks that we, we've talked about before where it just really rewards you for knowing the metagame and you have a lot of different options about how you build it and your sideboard choices. And if you can get those right and you know your plans really well, then like it seems to be able to have a game against everything. You're not just cold to anything particularly. So but you you do have to know exactly what you're doing. Otherwise, like it's those little decisions, those those kind of micro um, interactions that you have to get right or you just lose because you're you're playing on such small margins. You don't have that ultimatum slam, I win the game kind of thing. You you're nickel and diming the whole way through. So kind of doing it on hard mode in some respect. So well done. Yeah, and I mean that's really true. You look at so many of the decks, like there's Ultimatum, there's Torbrand, there's Zenith Flare, there's 
a lot of decks out there, a lot of the decks that we're seeing at the top of the, the metagame have those like big I win, you know, and the Ember Cleaves of the format, if you will. So um, to not be, not have access to, to that and just having to get in with, with chip damage and uh, play skill uh, is, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, as I mean, you said, hard in, Into the story is a big game. You know, you get to draw a lot of cards, but it's um, it's still not the, yeah, the straight, like you said, like it's not cleave on Anax or something like that. <laughs> yeah. It just ends it on the spot. Exactly, exactly. So it's a, um, yeah, it, like you said, hard mode. And yeah. yeah, well done. And yeah, Ors of Auras, as we spoke about a little bit earlier, uh, with, as was Arnie's uh, historic deck. Just the right weekend, I think. So well done, Arnie, for uh, making good choices and and playing really well and yep. just getting the job done. Tidy work. Yeah. All right. So in an, amongst all of this, uh, you know, event from the weekend, there were a bunch of previews that have come out, and we've basically had nearly the entire set of Strixhaven previewed to us now. So we're going to spend a fair bit of time chatting about Strixhaven. Uh, so as we always do, I'm going to go through the mechanics because there's a bunch of new ones in this set, which is cool. Um, yeah, I, I like I like new mechanics. They kind of open up new creative deck building space, new challenges and um, you know, new puzzles to solve, which is what we all love about magic, right? Definitely. So the first new mechanic is kind of a double mechanic it's called lessons and learn so uh, a lesson is a spell Um, they're all instant or sorceries and they're a bit strange because you can actually have them lurking in your sideboard and then there are other cards that say learn and when you cast a card that has learn on it it says you may reveal a lesson card you own from outside the game and put it into your hand or discard a card to draw a card so you've basically got a wish on a lot of different things here flavor win as well here i think because definitely you know we are approaching middle age let's say that's that's pretty fair (laughs) some of us closer than others putting my hand up there but you know experience right you know in life in magic whatever it might be it's often something from you know sometime in the past lurking in the back of your mind and a situation comes up and you're like i remember this from like 10 15 even i'm, I'm starting to say now 20 years ago which shows you how old i am uh but yeah so it's like outside the game in, in that sense so uh, i think that's a, a really uh a really cool way to represent you know drawing on that experience and then if you don't have that as an option um you know you just you you dig deeper into your library searching for an answer so uh the the flavor people uh who designed this set i think they've hit the nail on the head on this yeah they've they've, they've done an excellent job uh look it seems that most of the the learn cards they're actually okay so there's like a two mana two one that has learn on it right but it's a white and one for a two one which is pretty good that lets you go and you know get a card out of your you know f- effectively your sideboard um and in limited, it's like any other card that you don't have in your deck, which is pretty fantastic, which is where I think that this will be particularly good. It doesn't seem so far that any of the lessons are pushed hard enough to be super constructed playable. But I mean, if we've learned anything from companions and things, if you have access to, or even Khan wishboards, right? Yeah. Um, you, you know, like you, you open up a whole new suite of options that are available. So look, it'll be really interesting to see how this one plays out. Um, I'm looking forward to it, particularly in limited. I think it'll be really good. What I like is that 
so many of them are colorless spells, so it doesn't matter what uh, you know. In it, when you're building your limited deck, particularly, you're going to have access to them, and you know some of them draw cards, some of them are removal spells, some of them are pump spells. Uh, they're all appropriately costed. None of them are busted, uh, but I think it's a um, yeah, like just obviously we haven't played the set, but on face value, I go, oh yeah, it's if that was a mana cheaper, it'd be really good. Uh, at that mana cost, it looks like it's useful, but not busted. Yeah, they're all very fair, I think is probably the best way to describe yeah, them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Which is good. Yeah. All right. So the next mechanic we have is called Magecraft. Unsurprisingly, Magecraft is an ability word about spells. So it says, Magecraft, whenever you cast or copy an instant or sorcery spell, something. So there's a couple of examples here. The first one is eager first year student gets plus one, plus oh until end of turn. So it's a two mana, two, two great like limited staple you know you'll draft Prison a bunch there. of these yep. and then yeah magecraft so whenever you cast an instant or so cast or copy which is interesting because there's a lot of copy effects in this as well there's a lot of kind of i mean we're talking about a wizard school so there's a lot of you know spell slinging kind of sub themes here um and so whenever you cast or copy an instant or sorcery it gets plus one plus oh until end of turn there's another one here which is called archmage emeteris and he's two blue blue and his magecraft is whenever you cast an instant sorcery spell, draw a card. So they're all going to have um, different um, upsides, different bonuses, but the the trigger is always going to be cast or copy an instant or sorcery. And looking into the uh, to the previews, I'm just looking on Scryfall at the moment. Uh, yeah. There was one that jumped out at me precast uh, because it was there was a similar card in a previous set. Uh, in the last Ravnica set, it's Prismari Pledge Mage, which is Prismari Hybrid times two, so blue, either blue red or blue red for a three three with Defender or Wizard. It's a Wizard, importantly. Uh, Magecraft is uh, whenever you cast or copy an instant or sorcery spell, this card can attack as I didn't have Defender. So it's a you know a, a great early two drop stops uh, you know aggressive decks coming at you, and then yeah you. You start doing your thing, which is instants or sorceries, and it, you start beating down. So a, a two mana three three is you know, a solid magic card, and then teach by example, which I know was one of the cards that Shorty wanted to talk about, I believe. So same mana cost, blue red hybrid, blue red hybrid, and whenever you cast your next instant or sorcery spell this turn, copy that spell. You may choose new targets for that copy. So it's a uh, a fixed fork, if you like, or twin cast, uh, and it's a common. So you know, putting my limited hat on, it's a a couple of uh, well, it's a, a really good payoff and a really good enabler uh, at common for that archetype. So I'm pretty excited to draft me some blue red spells, which is yeah, awesome. Like, who doesn't love drafting blue red spells? Uh, I don't know, just weirdos. Yeah, there must be something wrong with you if you don't like blue yeah. red spells. Or you you, ha- you you haven't done it before, so I just recommend that you give it a go. because it's uh, Okay, you get a pass then, but now this seat you clearly need to. Um, no, I won't be passing them. Though. No, no. All right. Um, all right, so the next one we have is called Ward. So Ward is a triggered ability, and it's Ward 2 is the example here. So we've got a, a 3-1 flying and it says Ward 2. Whenever this creature becomes the target of a spell or an ability an opponent controls, counter it unless that player pays 2. Uh, Frost Titan, anybody? Exactly. That's, that's that's the first card that comes to yeah, mind. Yeah, of course. And, you know, Wizards it's a bit have, fixed. Yeah, Wizards have been doing a really good job over the last couple of years to keyword these types of abilities. Like, 
cards used to say attacking does not cause Sarah Angel to tap, right? Now it says vigilance. So yep. uh, they're getting down to some of the more obscure ones now, which is great. So we know that Ward is is that Frost Titan ability. So I, I, I think it's really good. Um, for what it's worth, I think uh, Waterfall Artist is going to be another good limited card, by the way. So Oh, yeah, for sure. It's 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 a super frustrating ability to play against. It's basically uh, like a Thali attacks on yeah. on targeting all your things, right? So uh, it it will mean that you will pay more of a premium. Like it's a four mana, uh, you know, three one with flying, which is probably one mana more than you want to pay. Or but it means that four, four, like the four mana three power flies are often three twos, right? So yeah, exactly. It's- so it's got one toughness less, yeah. But the difference is that now that one mana removal spell costs three or the three mana costs five. So like it's, it, it is a significant tax. So I think that this will be, uh, yeah, particularly an annoying thing to play against and it will catch a lot of people out, myself included. Oh yeah. Yeah. We'll all fall victim to this, particularly during the pre-release season. On mm-hmm. We'll go like, I'll just kill that thing. No, I won't. It, I'm dead. Okay. For sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You hold up that two mana you need and actually it was four. Um, all right. And we have got MDFCs back again, modal double-faced cards. So, I, I like it. I like these. I, I think they've, um, you know, with the exception of some broken things around the cards. Um, that, oh, sure. You know, some we, of the interactions with Cascade and all that kind yeah, of dumb stuff. Yeah, and we, we just spoke about Sultai Ultimatum. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, so there, there's that's not the fault of the cards, though. But I think the cards themselves are cool. They offer great options and... You know, magic has variants. You know, sometimes you get mana screwed, sometimes you get mana flooded. What the MDFCs help with, they don't fix it, uh, but what they help with is they give you more options, therefore there is less non-games. And on the ones particularly, and the example in the article is a legendary creature, uh, it lets you play more copies of these creatures in your deck which means you see them more but if you draw multiples you get to just use the other side and we saw that with the the white god that was the equipment on the other side out of cal time and mm-hmm. it works really well so i i like them from from that um from that sort of uh gameplay the way they actually they actually improve the game uh is is my opinion of them uh even to the point of improving the game where we've actually had rules changes uh to fix things so uh you know that you know, it always leaves a bit of a sour taste in your mouth when they have to change rules, but ultimately the game's better. Uh, yeah, for anyway, sure. Off my little soapbox now, we can actually talk, no, talk no, about No, 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 that's fine. Um, I actually was wondering whether we might just chat about some of the cards we're interested in, because we're talking about mm, double-faced cards. There's one that's snagged my attention. Okay. And it's it's the first time we've seen this, and it's a double-faced Planeswalker. Ooh. So we've seen, we've seen the Flipwalkers previously in the Origin set, where they're a creature... And then you could like transform them and then they became a planeswalker. But this is the first one where we've had, this is Rowan and Will. So this is returning characters, which is pretty cool. Um, And look, I'm not going to run through everything because there's more words on this card than any other in the history of magic. Uh, (laughs) But the the key thing here is that they work really well together. So there's Rowan, which is, you know, like uh, two and a red. And she's got a bunch of abilities around drawing cards and instants and sorceries. And then there's Will on the the backside of the card and he's four and a blue. And they both have the, I mean, Goblin Electroamancer or Baral effect where they make your instants and sorceries cost one generic mana cost less to cast. So 
I'm I'm pretty interested. You know, we were just talking before about is it or Prismari, I guess. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> Pr- Prism- Prismari spell slinger decks. Uh this the this card could be really interesting in that. Uh y- you know, you've got the Rowan which you can cast on turn three, and you know, it can start to ping things down, or you can, you know, you basically you ping it up a bunch to deal one damage. Um if you've drawn a bunch of cards, then it deals three instead. And then the emblem is really good as well. So there's there's a lot of different options there. And then late later game, when you've got more mana, you can cast Will, and you know, his effect is is kind of more dramatic. And so, those the two abilities stack. So if you've got a Will and a Rowan correct. in play, instant sorcery is costing two less, which is pretty good. And in the late game, you've got a bunch of card draw, you're just gonna end the game, which is cool. Uh and you know, they do have like Will's got an ability that literally just says draw two cards. So yeah. Yeah, in in every time. Yeah. Um. So look, yeah. Uh, look, I don't know how much play it will see in standard, but I wouldn't be surprised to see it. I, I really wouldn't. I think I think it's it's pretty strong. I think it it again. It's a lot of versatility onto one piece of cardboard. Um. Which yeah, wizards just, are really you know fans of doing it? Just smooths everything out. It gives you more options. more choices at every point of the game, which is sweet. Yeah, and just like I was saying, it improves improves the game. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's great. What about yourself? Got a card for us? Yeah, uh, Hermione. I mean, sorry, uh, Simone, <laughs> uh, Quandrix's prodigy. Um, so you know, for something different, we haven't seen very many uh, blue and or green cards be good over the last you know two three years in Magic. So yeah, it's, 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 I, I agree. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really refreshing to see that color combination getting some getting some love and some powerful cards. Um, but all jokes aside, um, Zimone or Zimoni, um, so green and a blue for a 1-2 legendary creature human wizard. It's got uh, two abilities uh, she's got. Uh, pay one and tap. You may put a land card from your hand in the battlefield tapped. So it's kind of a delayed, uh, well, it's, it's like a, a more expensive, like secure tribe scout. Uh, but... I think appropriately costed for standard. And then uh, the second ability is four and tap, draw a card. If you control eight or more land, draw two cards instead. So it's a, a ramp spell early. And then just like we were saying, there's a, you know, there's, there are options, things that are good in the early game and things that are good in the late game uh, where you can just start drawing a bunch of cards. So you ramp and then, and then card draw. So it's a it's a it's a pretty good combination there. So yeah, I, I also think, only an uncommon. Yeah, so you know, always kind of got my limited hat on when we do a set review. Uh, definitely a uh, a great enabler, and you see this in in sets a lot where they'll have a uh, like a signpost uncommon, uh, mm-hmm. usually in um, a a gold card, two color or more card. Uh, and it says, this is, this is what you want to be doing in this set. This is where the synergies are built around me. And yeah, I think this is definitely going to be a, uh, a player in the limited metagame, but I think this one might just creep into standard depending on how the, uh, the format shakes out. Obviously there's bone crusher giant, which kind of, you know, laughs at this, but there's only a couple of months left of bone crusher giant. It might be a Zemoin's Zemoin. Uh, it's time to shine. What about yourself? What's what's next on your list? Well, I think I think we should do some of Shorty's ones. He he actually put all the show notes together and everything, and uh, he had a couple of cards here. So the first one he had is actually PV Paulo Vitor Domitorosa's World Championship card. Interesting called, card, this one. It's pretty. It is interesting. Let's let's read it and we'll get into it a bit. So it's called Elite Spellbinder. Correct. 
PV is in fact elite at this thing and doing uh, his best is, Doctor Strange in the artwork. By the way, it's pretty great artwork. It's it's very definitely him as well, which is pretty cool. Uh, and it, it has his name and stuff written on the bottom, which they haven't done for a, a long time. So. Mm. Very, very cool. Uh, so it's two and a white for a creature. It's a human cleric. And he has flying. He's a three one. And when elite spellbinder enters the battlefield, look at target opponent's hand. You may exile a non-land card from it. For as long as that card remains exiled, its owner may play it. A spell cast this way costs two more to cast. So bunch of text um, and something that I think everyone, a lot of people passed incorrectly the first time. I mean, I certainly did. Um, so basically it applies, it, it steals a card out of my opponent's hand and then they can still cast it, but there's a two mana tax on it. So you don't get to cast it. It's not like a robber of the rich kind of deal. Um, and it's not like a kite freebooter where they immediately get it back. So it is always exiled. It's gone from their hand. And at the point that they decide to cast it, which they can, all the norming timing restrictions apply and that kind of thing. It just costs two generic mana more. What do you think? It's it's almost it's almost there. And look, if you could play a a mono white or a white based sort of hate bears deck in standard, because you could play Drenith Magistrate on turn two mm-hmm. when players can't cast spells from exile, um, and then this just goes and exiles their their card. So. They have to deal with the Drenith Magistrate and then they have to pay pay the tax. So um, it is not, it's not a bad card, uh, but I think this, it needs to have a home. This is one of those cards where for this card to be good, it has to have the support. I don't think this is just a card that you just put in any white deck. And, you know, that's that's a bit unfortunate because we saw with Javier Dominguez's card, if you're playing Mountains, you, you're generally just going to play that other card. But yep. this card's a lot more complicated um and it's got a lot more play to it and you know you have to be a bit of a an elite spellbinder to uh to get the most value out of this card so i i like the card i just don't know if it's got a home and or, or whether that deck is going to be good enough but i mean if you if it like i said it's almost there's so many oh, moments like oh almost no like yeah if it was yeah. play that card or a card with the same name it has the extra tax on it, things like that, like would just put this card to the point where I'd be excited by it. Because if you hit like a uh, uh, emergent ultimatum with it mm-hmm. uh, and you're like, sweet, got it. But then they're just going to draw another emergent ultimatum and, and, and do the Valkyrie thing anyway. But yeah, or if this had flash and then you could do it in their draw step and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, it's just almost there. But that doesn't mean it's bad. It's It just needs to have... The timing needs to be right for this card. The deck around it needs to be good and the format has to be right. Yeah, so PV's one of his favourite cards is Vendillion Click, which you can obviously see in this card. It's a three mana, three one with flying. Uh, Vendillion Click is also is in blue, but it also has flash and you get to put a card from either your hand or your opponent's hand on the bottom of your library or their library and then you draw a card. So it's it's definitely got hallmarks of that. Um I heard one of the other podcasts this week talking about the fact that PV pushed really, really hard to give it flash and Watsy wouldn't do it. So he, he knew that that would be the thing that would make it like really good. And uh, uh, there's, there's some arguments, arguments, there's some thoughts about how you could maybe do that. Like one of the suggestions I had was like, make it legendary. So yeah. you can't just have multiple copies in the battlefield at once. 
Uh, or if you do, you know, you have to legend rule one out. So like you could give it flash and make it a legend and that kind of slows it down. But, you know, look, I think this card is good. I've kind of come around on it. I was a bit down initially. I think it's just good. Like, I mean, it, it, it dies to a lot of stuff, but the card doesn't just go back to their hand. That tax is always applied. So it's like, it is a permanent effect, even if it's not a massive one, but two mana, in, you know, like is a big, big downside to, to stealing a card. So I think it's pretty good. And, you know, there's probably some homes in like Eldrazi and Taxes in modern. You can Aetherfile it in in their draw step. Uh, you know, there's a few different things. You can blink it with um, Eldrazi Display. Displacer. So, like, if you, you know, ephemerate things in response to removal spells, you can steal another card. So, like, there's, there's definitely some things. And look, it's a clock as well. A 3-1 flyer will end games very quickly. Oh, as as Vendelian Click has been doing for many, many years. Uh, yep. So, I I guess from a standard application, you know, we've got Charming Prince and we've got Urian. Um, yep. So, you can, you know, get multiple triggers off this. And, and yeah, as you said, like that card stays in exile so Mm -hmm. uh you can yeah really hamper your opponent with that so yeah okay um it's yeah i I think it's more of a like more tempo based than i was initially thinking and so if you think about it maybe in like a a blue white skies kind of tempo based aggressive deck then like three mana for this and you know maybe there's like a flying lord or something like that that makes it into a four two or whatever then like maybe there's a home there for it Uh, the deck doesn't exist yet as far as what we've been talking about, but it feels like it's powerful enough that at some point in the next couple of years, it'll it have a definitely stand up. Yeah, yeah, and and, and I, yeah, I think that's we're we're aligned there. Like right now, it's like it's almost there. It's just about timing, as I said. So, yeah, okay, I, all right, you've convinced I got me. A, I got another one. It okay. is called Rip Apart. Okay. Now this is a a um, wait. It's a Boros, which means it's Law Hold. It's a Law Hold card. It's red white for a sorcery choose one rip apart and deals three damage to target creature or planeswalker or destroy target artifact or enchantment uh i mean i yeah. like it uh that is a uh yeah a nice versatile card it's a sorcery uh, it is which i guess it's that would be the only downside of this card i don't think it's i don't think it makes a card unplayable but um a Three mana removal spell that that hits a creature or a planeswalker is is great because you're rebuying a lot of of spells with um with the law hold mechanics as well I believe mm-hmm. uh, so you want a cheap spell that you can recur that is useful and just you know just a nice disenchant as well so uh, yeah look, a braid sees a lot of play obviously a braid is instant speed but it doesn't hit enchantments which is you know, I think why this has been. I don't think taxed. it hits planeswalkers either. No, it doesn't. It hits no. three. It, so it's three damage to a creature or destroy a target artifact. It's also one in a red at an instant. Yeah. But you know, so you're paying. You know, in quotes. Um, well, it's a, it's a more difficult mana cost, right? It's yep. red white. It's harder to cast, uh, absolutely. Uh, but it it does a lot. You have more, two right? more effects as well. Yep. So look, uh, this is not like a game changing, you know, standard shattering card. But this will see play probably back into modern. You know, there's, there's definitely, you know, like it, it is versatile enough that it will see a bunch of sideboard play in a lot of different places. And it's easy. It's, sometimes it's easy to look at the big flashy mythics and go, oh, look at this thing. That's amazing. Next card's a mythic. Um, <laughs> but, you know, like it, this, this is definitely just like a good card. I think this is a good addition to the, to have. Yeah, I like this card a lot. Uh, uh, yeah. And as you said, I, I think this will reach back into some, some older formats. 
um, if not modern, at least into historic, maybe pioneer. Def- definitely, so, yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I like it. I I think that's a uh, cool card, yeah. a fair bit of. Um, speaking of cards that might reach back into older formats, now there's one that I don't know if it will, but I'm excited to try it. Uh, I've played a whole bunch of Eldrazi Tron in mod. And mm-hmm. it's a, a, a deck I, I quite enjoy. And uh, there is a, uh, it almost looks like it, you know, belongs in Zendikar somewhere, but there's a card called Wandering Archaic, and it is a five mana, four, four avatar, uh, five generic mana. And it's a modal double face card, an MDFC. And the front side is, yeah, the five mana, four, four. Whenever an opponent casts an instant or, sor- instant or sorcery spell, you may pay two. Sorry, they may pay two. Uh, so, yeah, you're, if your opponent tries to lightning bolt your face, they have to pay two. If they don't, you may copy that spell and choose new targets for copy. So then there's the, the backside of that, which is a sorcery, which is three generic mana, explore the vast lands. Um, each player looks at the top five cards of their library, reveals the land card and instant or sorcery card from amongst them, and puts it into... Uh, puts the cards to reveal in the hand, the rest in the bottom of the library in any order. Uh, sorry, in a random order, and then each player gains three life. So it's a, uh, a symmetrical effect, but it finds Tron lands, uh, which is which is pretty good. And if I'm uh, if I'm playing like traditional mono green Tron, explore the vast lands is a uh, yeah a nice way to uh, find find a Sylvan scrying or find a uh, uh, find my Tron land. And it also gains my, gains me life. And if I'm playing, you know, Wormclaw Engines or Khans or Ugans or, or whatever I am out of the Tron deck, I don't care if my opponent gains three life because it's not really about life totals. Uh, I care about gaining three life myself, uh, which is pretty good. So I think traditional Tron want Explore the Vastlands and the Eldrazi Tron deck just might want uh, some number of wandering archaic in their sideboards for the mid-range sort of Jund or Mardu matchups. So this is something that will depend on, you know, sort of what's present in the metagame at the time. But yeah, I think it's definitely worth testing. And yeah, it's a cool card and something that's going to be a, uh, yeah, something that's going to hover around the fringes for a little while. So make sure you've got that on your radar going into the older formats. But uh, even the... The Prismari uh, decks in standard, where you know you can copy a spell, as you as you said when you were reading the mechanics out, it's uh, it, when you cast or copy a spell. So mm-hmm. you just might get some triggers on your opponent's turn. So if if that deck is popular, I would be jamming some number of these in my sideboard to you know combat in the mirror. So uh, yeah, pretty good card. Anyway, that's uh, that's my choice. We're going back to Shorty now. We can do that. Speaking oh. of choice, his next one is called Multiple Choice. Nice. And I, I really like this card as well. This card's um, So this is X and a blue. Uh, if X is one, scry one, then draw a card. If X is two, you may choose a player. They return a creature they control to its owner's hand. If X is three, create a 4-4 four, four blue and red elemental creature token. Oh, you missed the... If... Oh, yeah, yep. Yeah, sorry. That's fine. Yep. I thought there was another scry attacked in there, but there is not. That's right. Uh... And if X is four or more, do all of the above. Oh boy. So for five so, mana, yep. you get to draw a, scry one, draw a card, uh, yep. ba- uh, bounce a, pl- a permanent, and choose target player. A creature. They return a creature. They yep, can. so unsummon. Yep, so they choose it, which is uh, an important thing here. 
choose yep. to have a player, they return. Yep. Uh, so it's not quite as good as Unsummoned, but it does get around like boggles. Hexproof. <laughs> yeah. Well, they don't have. We don't have hexproof anymore, which I really like. But yes. Yeah. And then yeah, like, then you get a four four as well. Yeah. So a four mana four four um, elemental token, not bad. Or yeah, doing it all is uh, is pretty good. So again, like we're seeing a lot of choices in cards. Uh, like that's definitely the theme there's a lot of modes there's a lot of play to a lot of these cards there's not many sort of blunt instruments that we're seeing in in Strixhaven so I I really like this again flavor wise you know when you're doing a multiple choice exam having the all of the above uh option as you know option d um Mm -hmm. yeah it's yeah it's, it's very on theme for the whole exam kind of thing right yeah yep so I I think this card's great I think it's going to be a um, a, a really good card in uh, you know in limited. Obviously, it's rare. It's appropriately um, uh, positioned there as a as a rare because it does so much. But I can see this being a a good card in standard. Um, people will probably play this in commander. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know if it'll go back to sort of any older formats. Maybe no, to historic, so. but. It's a very, very cool card and um, something that's going to draw a lot of people in. It's great. Mm. All right. So look, there were a few more cards that we we're going to talk about, but we're kind of running long. And there's another big topic that I'll, we need to cover here, which is the Mystical Archive. So if you don't know what the Mystical Archive is, well... You've been living under it's, a rock. It's 66 cards, I think it is, or something like that, that uh, have been previewed and there's basically going to be one in each pack of Strixhaven uh now it's quite the list of cards and there are they're all going to be legal and historic except for the seven that are already pre-banned so the way you get them is in paper you open a pack there's going to be one in each pack awesome same with arena in normal and draft packs um there's also the most gorgeous Japanese alternate arts which are just oh my goodness they are ridiculous I've, I've heard more than a few people saying these are possibly the most beautiful set of magic cards ever. And I struggle to argue with that at all. I love the frame and yeah, just the individual art is just bananas good. Now, so, if Shorty was here, he'd throw up one card to rebut that as the most beautiful ever uh, being a whiteboarded Shivan Reef. But uh, that's true. That's yeah, true. He, he would try. He would try, but he, he would be very wrong. So when you say he would throw that up, Chris would actually just throw up. Yeah, he would. He would. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And um, then, you know, my case in point would be the demonic tutor because that's just, correct. Oh, I, I need one. Just need it. All right. Yeah. yeah. So you can one. actually buy the um, alternate arts as um, card styles in Arena, and I'm sure they will charge you many, many gems for that privilege. But um, probably worth the flex in Historic. So th- as I said, there's, there's seven cards that are already banned. Uh, there's a card that you and I are both quite familiar with in uh, in Vintage Cube uh, Channel. Yeah, that needs to be uh, banned. <laughs> cha- no cha- arguments there. What turn- you don't want to turn to Ugin or Ulamog? Yeah, pro- pro- <laughs> in, prob- in historic. Probably not what historics. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> um, keeping on the theme of uh, color color spells, actual factual counter spell is uh, is also pre banned. Dark yep. ritual, uh, demonic tutor. Yep. Lightning bolt. Natural Order, Swords to Plowshares. So, Channel, Counterspell, I mean Counterspell makes me sad, but yes. Ritual, DT, and Natural Order, fine. I have no problems with any of those being banned. But Lightning Bolt and Swords to Plowshares, what is going on? Mm, Are they too good for Historic? No. (laughs) 
White needs the help. <laughs> Swords is a really, really good card. It's arguably the best removal spell ever. Yeah, it, it, and, it is. And, and Lightning Bolt is high on that list as well, right? Okay, Hank, maybe we should just quickly read Swords to Plowshares because we've got some, you know, a bunch of our listeners are, are newer to the game. So Swords to Plowshares is a single white mana for an instant. It says Exile Target Creature. Its controller gains life equal to its power. That's it. Super clean. Your opponent gains some life, but you remove the most annoying threat on their side of the board. And it is just very, very good. Yeah. And, and then it's it's the removal spell of choice in, you know, Vintage and Legacy. Yeah. Like, so, but there are some cards here that are kind of on the same power level almost that are not. There are some more busted cards, if you ask me. Okay, well, I mean, the one that jumps out at me is is, is Brainstorm, right? The best yep. ca- the best card in Legacy is not too broken for Historic. Now, Fetchlands uh, are a massive, massive part of um, Brainstorm's power level in, in the older formats. And uh, I think Brainstorm would be too good for modern. Um, you know, oh, yeah. You know, we've seen, like, Ponder and Preordain be banned. So, and, and it's because of Fetchlands, and we don't have those in, in Historic. So... Brainstorm kind of just becomes a good cantrip, which um, is probably... maybe we should just read Brainstorm. Yeah, it says draw three cards, then put two cards from your hand on top of your library in any order. So the key thing about Brainstorm is it's not draw three, put two back. It's draw three, put them all into your hand, take any two cards out of your hand, and put them back on top. It is oh man, if you haven't cast that card, you're missing out. Believe me, it is so much fun. And then as as Chewie's talking about, if you have a fetch land where you can, you know crack a land and go and find a basic or you know a shock land or something it lets you shuffle the bad cards away which is where its true power lies is you know brainstorm with a fetch land up or like a prismatic vista or whatever you know there's some options that we have to to do that but you know you're not playing 12 of them like you would in in modern or legacy so exactly exactly and um similarly you know we've already got thoughtseize in historic uh, and now we get yep. Uh, Inquisition of Kozlet. We do. Um, which, the you know, if you've ever played... The second best discard spell of all time. <laughs> Say again, sorry? The second best discard spell. Yeah, yeah. With Thoughtseize being the best and Inquisition mm-hmm. being a... Yeah, not a close second, but certainly a second. Um, which, it, let's read that as well. So it's uh, one black mana for a sorcery. Target player reveals their hand. You choose a non-laid card from it with mana value three or less, and that player discards that card. So it's a uh, conditional removal spell, unlike uh, sorry, discard spell, unlike Thoughtseize, uh, but it doesn't cost you the life. So it's a it's a step down in power, but it's certainly better than um, duress and such because it still hits creatures. So it's a uh, an important card in in modern uh, to complement Thoughtseize. And oh yeah. Uh, you know, the Rakdos decks in uh, Historic, uh, you know, salivating over yeah. uh, Inquisition, yeah. I think. So, yeah, but back to what we were saying, like, are, are those cards so much worse than Lightning Bolt that, you know, the, those cards get banned? It's it's. I don't know. Like, it's, it's an interesting choice. And look, they've, they've clearly got a thing against Lightning Bolt in Historic because it was in Jumpstart and it wasn't uh, made available on arena in jumpstart it wasn't legal in in historic uh so it's definitely a, a line that they're not willing to cross but i mean there are some truly powerful powerful cards in this like apart from the ones we've talked about there's uh what was i going to say there's uh doom blade like actual factual doom blade just destroy target non-black creature 
There's also... Lightning um, Helix? Lightning Helix. Um, and then there's also Shorty's favorite card in this set. Sluting. Faithless Looting. I, I don't know if you've noticed something here, Chewy, but every card we've talked about so far has a converted mana cost or a mana value of one. Yeah. <laughs> as the ones we're particularly excited about. They are. Well, I mean, there's also mana tithes I could throw in there yeah, as well, which is pretty that's good. True. So, yeah, it's a... Uh, so Faithless Looting is uh, red mana, draw two cards, then discard two cards. And it also has flashback for three, which means you can cast it from your graveyard. So this is an enabler all the way back to Legacy uh, in just taking your big things and putting them in the graveyard and then cheating them into play. Yeah, we're not going to um, talk about the art. It's pretty polarizing. I, I don't hate it. It's not as good as the Japanese alternate version, obviously. but um, The right hand just tilts me. I can't look at anything else. Right. <laughs> But yeah, it's um, the art has been controversial out of some of these um, showcase ones. Um, mm-hmm. The Mystical Archive. Uh, there's been uh, a bit of chatter about some plagiarism as well. We're not going to really get get into no. that. But yeah, the the art has been certainly a talking point, mostly positive. But there's just been a couple of things that's kind of yeah raised a few eyebrows. But yeah, it's a. Uh, the what what is banned and what is not, and I guess look, they can always ban more cards or unban cards as well. So it's cool it's that they've printed them, mm-hmm. and uh, you know I like that you know you can get hold of Manatai a bit bit easier. Teferi's Protection, um, you know, was a really really expensive card uh, and ha- and hard to get. Sort of yes. attracts an all star, um, but yeah. So, so just having it printed in packs in a standard set. You know, it makes it more available and things like that. So, I, I think that's yeah, and, I think that's yeah, completely, thing. completely agree. I mean, we've we've obviously been talking about this in a um, historic um, view because you know that's that's what they're talking about specifically here, and that's probably the way that most people will engage with a lot of these cards. You know, it's a lot easier for us to just open up Arena on your phone and spend a thousand gold and buy a pack and hey then you've got channel which is like a 60 or 80 dollar card in person but having all these printed again is like commander staples here these these cards like teferi's protection and you know like bliss and zenith like there's a bunch of these cards that were um needed reprints you know like demonic tutor for example i mean it's seen printings a bunch of times but that card is still just you know it's not cheap it's not a five dollar card so it's it's great that we're going to be able to see these in this like amazing fashion and you don't have to buy premium packs. You don't have to go out and get, you know, ultimate masters or like commander legends or these, you know, these packs that cost more. You You're can get them. You're literally going typical... to open them at the pre-release. Like you can, yeah. you can be playing Free your, value. your law hold deck in, uh, in the draft, you know, you can draft mm-hmm. that or in sealed and it can include a lightning helix. Like, and you can grape shot somebody. <laughs> For some reason, they decided to print storm cards, but you know, yeah, there's like mind's fine. desire. Uh, yeah, there's also tendrils of agony. Yeah, and grape shot. Interesting. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Uh Yeah. Look, if the every card that they have put in here is worth looking at because this has now taken historic and just dumped it on its head. Yeah, it has. It's just it's just it no other way of putting it. Yeah, and it, we, entirely. We talked right at the start that there was nothing in. Uh, in the Kaldheim League from Historic that really surprised us. There was some mm-hmm. uh, known decks that were like, oh, they had a good weekend. But yeah, there was a, you know, just the 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 usual suspects, right? In, you know, Saltai Ultimatum, Band Control, Goblet, Jund Company, Azurius Control, Jund Food, right? Um, things are going to change a lot. Uh, 
I can't really predict what those are, but I... no, I'm not that good a deck builder. <laughs> yeah. I will be yeah. excited to see what other cleverer minds come up with. Yeah, uh, but yeah, check out the um, the the full preview. Uh, jump onto um, you know Scryfall or um, mm-hmm. Mythic Spoiler and and take a look because if you haven't seen these cards, they are worth looking at just just from a purely visual perspective. They are they are beautiful. Yeah, and they will only be better in person. Absolutely. I'm really looking forward to it, actually. I, yeah. I mean, I like cracking packs. Anyway, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If, if you get really cool stuff, it's extra. Okay, so the last thing we need to touch on is our league. We've been banging on about this for the last couple of months, and we're right at the very skinny end now, mate. We have all of our matches played out up to the top eight. So as of just this evening, we've now got our final eight players, which are Pajol, the GOAT, Rolling Royce, Jedi's Walker, Squid Plays, Asbestos Mule, Skips J, and Pat, World War Me, our sponsor. Oh, from Joshua Pat to MTG Bazaar. Well That's done. the one. Just cashing in on his own prizes. Very good. <laughs> I, I know. It's just like, got to got to get those discounts on, on the your auctions there, Exactly. Pat. Exactly. Good work. Uh, so that's um, that's pretty exciting. So we will be doing some coverage. Yes, we will. Which is excellent. I, I love doing the uh, the stream and where we, you know, sort of pull out all the stops and uh, watch all the matches. Uh, you know, just like the uh, Invitational at the end of last year, we'll be able to do it in mm-hmm. person. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. So we're doing that on in, in just over a week and a half on Saturday, the 10th of April. Uh, and we're starting this one uh, at 10 a.m. AEST, which is a little different. Previously, we've done some of these on like Sunday afternoons and things, but um, this one we, we're going to do on a Saturday. And yeah, we're all really looking forward to it. It's, it's going to be a bunch of fun. So come and, you know, check out the matches. There'll be some really some really high-level magic and some really um, elite-tier commentary and um, tangents. Yes. Somewhere in there, I'm pretty sure. Um, but yeah, it, look, there, there was a heap of fun. And, you know, we, one of the one of the finalists here, Asbestos Mule, uh, is a guy called Zach. And he, he started playing after watching his mate Yan Ray in the Invitational finals. And he was just in the chat heckling us and went, actually, this like arena thing seems kind of fun. And Yan Ray was like, yeah, man, come play. And her first league, he's just come in and crushed it. <laughs> He's, he's, he was in group cracker and he absolutely tore through the group and did really well and has, uh, you know, mono readed his way into the top eight. So, well done. Congratulations. Yeah, hats, yeah. Off, hats off to them. Um, so, for those who may be listening to our cast for the first time, welcome. Uh, but, yeah, just want to touch on what these leagues actually are and just talk about the prizes because, you know, we're about to finish a league, which means there'll be a new one coming. There'll be a new league starting up with the release of Strixhaven or just after. So we're sponsored by Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar. And yeah, we run these leagues coinciding with each of the um, set releases and they form part of our tournament series. So the top five people from each group, we had four groups of, uh, of 10 or 11 this time around. No, 12. 12. Mm-hmm. Um, so top five accrue points. And then uh, the top uh, finishes from the end of the year get an invite to our invitation when we do a, you know a lot of fanfare and a big uh, a big stream event for that and last year we gave away just at the invitational um, 1500 bucks worth of cash and prizes it was pretty great uh, this time around the uh, you know, each each entrant gets a, a ICR which is great um, the finalists that 
didn't quite make the top eight or get a Josh and Pat's voucher, which is pretty good. Uh, fifth to eighth gets uh, get some cash, ten bucks cash and a ten buck Josh Josh and Pat's voucher. Uh, fourth gets twenty dollars and a ten dollar voucher. Third gets thirty dollars and a voucher. Second gets sixty dollars and a voucher. First prize gets a hundred bucks and a Josh and Pat's voucher, but they also get instant qualification to the Invitational at the end of the year. So, mm-hmm. uh, so free to enter these events um, with uh, about five hundred bucks worth of cash and prizes when you add all of that up. Uh, and it's a uh, yeah something that we run every time that they release a new set, which is like every three months. And yeah, it leads into the Envy, which will run sort of toward the end of November-ish. Check out Discord uh, link in the show notes. Uh, but yeah, so congrats to our top eight for the first league of this year in the the Caldime League. And yeah, sort of next weekend. So this weekend, as we record, we're moving into the Easter long weekend. And then on the 10th, we will be uh, yeah doing a stream from 10 a.m. So come and join us and yeah hang out on stream we'll probably have a bunch of stuff to give away because that's what we do and yeah we'll uh we've got some upgrades to the uh to the coverage as well to the overlays and and such i know shorty's been working really hard on that and i thought you were gonna say they hired other people (laughs) to do the commentary (laughs) no no that's just just us just us okay all right um but you know it's, it's it's a lot of fun and um yeah i'm really really looking forward to it so get on it get on it yeah so we'll be streaming that on twitch uh twitch.tv slash magic beans cast if you want to find us basically anywhere just search magic beans cast or magic beans podcast um the best place to keep in touch with us all is in our discord uh as chewie said the link to that will be in the show notes we're in there like all day every day basically and there are conversations from you know like we've got quite a number of members now and it's not just all the beans there's actually like good magic players and they're talking about stuff which um you can you know gain some knowledge from them and you know it's about limited and commander and historic there's been a bunch of people posting about brawl the last couple of days which i'd forgotten was even a thing so you know like come hang out and just see what other thing are things other people are up to uh if you'd like to support us more directly we have a merch store you can buy hoodies and play mats and mugs and all sorts of fun things from there um as always, check out Chosh and Pat's MTG Bazaar. Um, check out their daily auctions. They, you know, really support us and we're very appreciative of that. And uh, let them know that the bean sent you. Otherwise, we're on YouTube, Facebook. Um, we are on Twitter at Magic Beanscast. If you want to get in touch with me directly, I am at Joel Hill underscore. And Chewy, you are? At Chewy MTG. Stay safe, everyone. And we will catch you all next time.